You're listening to a Monster Kid Podcast. <laughs> we interrupt this broadcast to bring you this special message. How's it going, eh? Today's show on the Monster Kid Podcast Network is a classic. Hosted by two comedic geniuses who've watched way too much North American cinema from the 21st century. Mike Pisacano and Anthony Cilio. Entitled Cinema Marketing, this podcast chronicles the heroic adventures of two latter-day consumers of film and the marketing surrounding them. Or, to use the correct 20th century terminology, losers. We hope you give it three thumbs up. Welcome to Cinema Marketing, where the trailers may have lied to you, but we will not. I am Pisacano, Mike Pisacano, and I'm here with my guest, the foremost yes. James Bond expert I know. And the most sexist, misogynistic dinosaur relic of the Cold War you'll ever meet, Jack Patterson. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, you know, what I also realize is that, like, it's not cool to do the Bond James Bond theme if your name has more than one syllable. It really isn't. Patterson Jack Patterson does not have the it's ring. Too, it's too wordy. It's too tongue twisty. Anyway, so we're yeah. here to talk about your favorite thing in the world sexist, misogynistic pigs who uh, shoot guns and say, uh olo governor <laughs> <laughs> how you doing yeah. Yeah. you know what that's what we need that's the next james bond who after Coffee daniel craig james bond yeah. everybody's saying like we need a woman or we need a black guy no we need to like go even further on the white british male spectrum get like like tim curry or something like that. <laughs> tim curry just like roaming around shooting missiles out of his wheelchair has tim curry ever played a von villain he seems no. like he would have. I mean, it seems like you would think every person who's ever played a villain would have played a Bond villain, yeah. but uh, they, they have not. Yeah, still, yeah, still wait, wait for, uh, what's his name? Wait for good old uh, Alan Rickman. I think he still has time to play a Bond villain. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not like, I mean, look, Hans Gruber is basically just a Bond villain in the yeah. wrong movie. All right, yep, yeah, so we're here to talk about a specific movie in the James Bond series. We're talking about Skyfall because finally we're at the release for No Time to Die, which comes out hopefully the week that you're listening to this. Uh, no Time to Die will be out. Hopefully Jack will have finally seen it at this in point. U.S. theaters, I have uh, three separate tickets to see it opening weekend. Oh, wait. Well, you, you're just making sure. <laughs> you just got to make sure that you got I mean, I got to watch it once to take it in, a second time to analyze, and a third time to accept. It's kind of like the seven stages of grief. Yeah. This is the 007 stages of Except, yeah. Except. Meanwhile, me and Lewis will be lucky if we uh, see it once. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I like the I like the Daniel Craig run of the Bond franchise, and uh, specifically this movie I think is fantastic, and I, I like it so much that I this is the second time that I am doing a Skyfall podcast with you. We had previously <laughs> done a Skyfall podcast for our other show, Random Movie Roulette, about a yeah, year ago yeah. to this point, probably about a year to the day. For no reason back then, I think. I think we thought No Time to Die was going to come out around this time last year. And, and then, then it wasn't. Yeah. So then we, yeah, we were just like, oh, well, I guess we'll wait until next time. And my thing was always like forcing you guys to watch Bond movies to the lead up. And now we're like a week away and you probably haven't seen a Bond movie in six months. Yeah. I mean, aside from like the 
Craig movies, which I've I've seen a bunch already. Like, it's not like I haven't seen anything that I haven't seen before. But, yeah, no, I did watch the first three Daniel Craig movies before the recording of this episode. I, I've decided I'm like, I don't need to watch Spectre again. I don't. It's not even on any easy streaming access for me to watch. So it's like I don't. I'll- I'll give you my. Uh, you're my, too kind. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to. Come on, it's the one that directly leads into this new one. But yeah. thankfully, Skyfall. You needed to watch none of them to watch yeah. it. So Skyfall came out in 2012 and was directed by Sam Mendes. Uh, previously directed uh, movies coming off of he won Best Director for American Beauty in 1999. Uh, he directed movies like Road to Perdition and stuff Starring like that. Starring Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's where. They got uh, he got he got uh, Sam Mendes to come on board to do this movie, because after Quantum of Solace, which is uh, decidedly a a bit of a flop. uh, Basically, I would say the worst Bond movie. I was you know, I I always defended that movie when I was younger. I kind of liked it uh, when I saw it first. Um, But then, like going back and rewatching it, like back to back with Casino Royale and this and it really is like the, about editing. Yeah, it's the most slapped together hack job movie that there is. And then yeah. like this movie is like, OK, this is real cinema this now. Is like the second best of the franchise for me, best of the franchise for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's in everyone's top 10, at least yeah. fair to say. And the movie stars Daniel Craig, Judi Dench, Javier Bardem, Naomi Harris, Ray Fiennes, Ben Wishaw, Berenice Smurlo, and Albert Finney, who uh, uh, supposedly was supposed to have been Sean Connery. But So, I mean, well, the official claim by the creators was that they thought about Sean Connery for like five minutes and then thought it was too gimmicky and went for someone else, like classic and British, but not associated with Bond. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Yeah, you know, I do uh, think that uh, by having because when Alfred Finney does show up in this movie, it does feel as like like it's supposed to be some reveal. Yeah, was this supposed to be somebody? Because it's like I don't. But you're right. I I I would rather have this than just like oh, it's Sean Connery and have like a winky wagy thing. Um, uh, this movie's production company is MGM and Columbia Pictures, which is owned by Sony, and uh, the. The home media distribution is done by 20th Century Fox. And uh, on that Blu-ray, there are there is a lot of uh, Fox promotion and on there that will get delayed. Of course, you can't forget that the main production company is Eon Productions, who owns the right to the franchise and literally only makes these Bond movies yeah. and like film stars die in Liverpool. <laughs> wow, I didn't even remember that. I don't know. I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure that that's the only reason you even know about that movie's existence. Because you're looking <laughs> no, through I, uh, the I Wikipedia. Like Annette Benning and I like Gloria Graham. And so, you know, I think yeah. it was Annette Benning in that one. Anyways. Yep. So this movie came out on November 9th of 2012. And I want to get I want to get uh, your perspective going in because I know that you're a lifelong James Bond fan. But like, put yourself back in the place you were in 2012. Ooh. Where did what were your expectations for this movie were you excited did it live up to it i'm sure yes it lived up to everything oh yeah i have i have stories my recollection was the first bond movie i ever saw in theaters was casino royale and i was not a fan at that point i watched it it was the first time i ever saw anything james bond outside of like maybe a clip from goldfinger on tv i went to see it with my dad i was curious my dad the whole time especially at the ball whipping scene was like 
I do not remember the Bond movies being like this. Yeah, you know what? Um, Watching Casino Royale again, that is a sexual movie. Like, it is. It, I mean, seeing Daniel Craig tied up, I won't say that seeing that at 10 didn't uh, awaken something. Yeah, something. and it's not like the other James Bond movies are fucking, like, you know, prudes or Celibate. anything. No, yeah, but it's like this one specifically, it's like the, the sex scenes in Casino Royale, it's like they're so, like, rough, and they're so, like... Yeah. And then... And then and also the ball whipping scene which is just like yeah <laughs> but um essentially come about 2007 one year after casino royale i was can you believe it in 2007 sick of just watching marvel movies yeah i was so sick of these movies that didn't exist yet <laughs> i know but um i was sick of renting daredevil for the 30th time so uh, <laughs> i uh decided to branch out and rent a James Bond movie, but I didn't want to see Casino Royale because I didn't really like it too much when I saw it. So I uh, rented Goldfinger, and I really liked that, and so I took to all the rest of the franchise in its glory and pits and whatever, watched all of the movies, eventually leading up to the release of Quantum of Solace. So basically between Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace is when I became a Bond fan. Saw Quantum of Solace. It was the first time I saw a Bond movie in the theaters as a fan. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. But then I was kind of like, not really, like a day later. Mm. And then finally, the third movie, four years later, was announced. Skyfall. And I could not have been happier. My mind was racing with possibilities. I was hoping, wow, will Daniel Craig finally make a Bond movie that I like? And sure enough, I drove up with my friend to see this at a theater in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, my friend had just gotten like his license or his permit. And it was like before the six months that you're like not allowed to have like anyone else in your car mm -hmm. while you're driving. So it was before that was up. So we broke the law, <laughs> breaking child child uh, driving laws to go see <laughs> James Bond. Uh, Bond would be I, proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I remember, you know, I remember when the Adele song came out. I remember just absorbing every single piece of marketing up until seeing the movie. Of course, the movie came out. I would now say it is firmly either my second or third favorite Bond film. It is certainly, I think, and judging by reviews, will remain Craig's best film for me anyways um, in his tenure. And yeah, I mean, I was watching it last night in preparation for this episode, and I was just like, much like every other Bond movie almost, I'm just like, God, I've seen this fucking thing so many times. No, I could just quote it. Yeah, you know what? That was the other thing of what I was thinking when I was watching Skyfall again for this time. Because when we had done it last year, it's been a it had been a couple of years since I had last saw, saw it. So watching Skyfall again uh, for that really felt like wow, I'm experiencing this again for like the first time. Whereas like I had just recently watched this, so yeah. like I knew to expect it to have been that good. So I guess like, and also because I had just watched the other two leading up to to this one so i i guess i was a little bit bond out at that point yeah yeah it's only it was it's only been three movies i'm already bonded out and then now i'm gonna go pay 15 dollars to go see the new three hour long epic and <laughs> which well, i'm excited for like i will say that yeah. i've gotten a little bit more excited because i think that this this whole roller coaster of expectations for no time to die by the when it was coming out i guess we could talk about that and you know what if we ever do no time to die 
we'll we'll save uh we'll save these we stories will save for the, because the i feel like recordings of my suffering over the last two yeah. years for this thing yeah so uh, by the time that this movie came out i had basically only ever seen the daniel craig movies um i had watched i saw casino royale in theaters uh and quantum of solace and i liked them both i thought they were fun action movies um going back to quantum of solace in recent years realizing that yeah it's just kind of like this slap together hack job that's like you know barely uh they like they really just kind of crapped out that movie because it was the middle of the writer's strike and they really didn't have much going for it there so then yeah there were the expectations for skyfall to be great were like really high and I think at around this time, MGM had like filed for bankruptcy. And so in order to like continue existing as a company, they like struck up a distribution deal with Sony to produce the next two Bond movies, Skyfall Inspector and Skyfall ends up becoming like such a, like a phenomenal hit that it ends up like sustaining them for like a little, uh, a couple more years. But like, I, I don't know what, what is the, I don't know if you know offhand, like what is the current situation with MGM as like a studio and like the, cause I know that they're owned by Amazon now, right? I don't know how that I came believe to be. So um, I'm not entirely sure, but I think there's been some discussion that Amazon will have some role to play in the future of where this franchise goes, or at least the IP in general and what they can get out of it. And, you know, they'll have to play tug of war with Eon and Barbara Broccoli, who very much, want bond to remain a film only one character one franchise kind of thing um and you know not have like a money penny spinoff or whatever which i would love but you know i mean um my only thing i can say in defense of those wishes is they better make them come out faster uh, I mean, you know what? Because I will say that, yeah, in the years leading up after Spectre, because I think this is where I guess because I was like after Spectre, I was like, God, I don't want to see another one of these things uh, for a while. So like taking a five year break might have been a good idea. Um, but anyway, I don't think we needed a five year break. But Skyfall actually came off a four year break from Quantum of Solace. So I remember that feeling like a hell of a drought. Yeah. So I remember. OK, so I remember the first. So the first teaser for Skyfall uh, which uh, I believe I played a bit of it at the end of the last episode. Why don't we watch that in full right now? Yeah. Um, for it. Don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but I will uh, narrate what's happening in this. So. Country. England. Gun. Yeah, so I played this at the end of the last episode is doing the uh, word association thing. And then we I remember just seeing this teaser and being so like actually confused and disappointed. Not, you know, like obviously the movie ended up being very good, but I feel like the the trailers for this movie for some reason always disappointed me, especially because Casino Royale and Quantum of Sauce had these great trailers with big bombastic like orchestral composings of the Bond theme and stuff and No Time, uh, sorry Skyfall just had like this very subdued techno-y kind of yeah, this uh, does look like a, it looks like a sadder, somber, more serious yeah. movie. And I I think that the end result, it ends up working very well for it. And then we got that, that like horror movie zoom in shot of Javier Bardem. <laughs> Which feels a little dated when I watch it. Yeah, no, but uh, yeah, so that was the, so then this is part. Yeah, and so, then, you know, 007. Yeah, there so that go. was the teaser for Skyfall where, yeah, it does set up 
like a, a more like somber atmospheric like sad like it if it feels like oh is this this feels like like the dark middle chapter and the way that they set up like the intimidation of the villain even though that is like a very corny like zoom in that they do on him in like the silhouette but it's like at that point i don't re- like the james bond the, the daniel craig villains were not nearly as intimidating. Like they didn't feel like they were that big of I mean, a, a of a presence. So I, feel I like- would say Mads Mikkelsen kind of was, but then his character gets cut short and killed in Act Two of Casino Royale, and the rest are just boring as yeah. hell. So like Silva was definitely like this big fresh. Yeah, so setting, and it's and also that he's being played by Javier Bardem, who just came off of winning an Oscar for playing a very menacing villain in No Country for Old Men. So five did, years prior, yeah. Yeah. So it did feel like this was like, oh, it, it, we're going in a different direction for this one. So uh so that was the teaser for that one. Uh I want to go into talking about some of the other cross-promotional stuff that had come out uh before the movie uh so first off we don't get to t- the first time we're talking about a game in a while so there was a a game it's not a specifically like a a skyfall game skyfall plays a part in the game but this, is a, but this but is a game as all the rest of the bond franchise yeah this is a game called 007 legends and the gimmick of this game is that you play as uh, every Bond character, every Bond actor in one of their movies. So there's Goldfinger. But, well, it's you play as Daniel Craig. It's very specifically Daniel Craig in one of every Bond actor's movies. Yeah, that's the weirdest part is that like you, the character model is Daniel Craig, but yet you're playing through Moonraker and Goldfinger and all that. Well, and I think it was kind of interesting because essentially, and you're all seeing this right now, the thing that it set up, the thing that it proposed is that between Quantum of Solace and Skyfall, James Bond went on all these missions. He fought Goldfinger. He uh, went to space in Moonraker. He did all these things. <laughs> and what's actually a little bizarre is in Skyfall, he has the DB5, and it is all tricked out from Goldfinger, whereas the last time we saw it in this continuity he just won it in Casino Royale. So there is like some kind of credence to this of like, oh, maybe he did fight Gold. Well, I mean, then again, Q does come on board in this movie. So maybe he did something with it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think you can also pick and choose with it because ultimately you fight Blofeld in this game, who was then introduced Inspector. So, yeah. So the biggest takeaway from that game is just that looking like the, the graphics just look like dog shit. Oh, horrible. Like, they just look like very low res. Like, they don't even look like what 2012 that would have been like, I guess, PS3 going into PS4 era. PS3, this looks like it looks, yeah, it looks like PS2 Xbox, like yeah. original Xbox level graphics. Like it looks worse than the same Wii. time. I remember seeing this trailer for like this game and just not caring at all. I remember being so invested in like, oh, what movie are they going to reveal as a mission next and stuff? And then I watched playthroughs on YouTube and that saved me from yeah. buying. I remember I though I did play a lot of the uh, the Quantum of Solace game for the Wii, which basically which that game was mostly Casino Royale. And then like there's the last five missions are Quantum well, of Solace. And what was weird was like a year or two before this, they had like released like an updated version of GoldenEye also with Daniel Craig. And then you could just play with the skins of like all the characters from the movie and stuff and multiplayer. And so it was like, 
Okay, so there were like a lot of Daniel Craig James Bond video games. Yeah, this. I'm guessing that there was only like because remaking Goldeneye, I'm guessing that they didn't have the likenesses for any other Bond other than Daniel Craig. So that's kind of, I guess, the reason why you had to do that. Uh, well, and I think also because they had this gap between Quantum and Skyfall that they wanted to keep some relevance because they also did another game called Bloodstone which was its own fucking thing. And Daniel Craig did that too. Did he do the voice for that one or was it just, yeah, like... I think he did the voice for that and for Goldeneye. Oh, wow. That's, I don't that's think a... he did the voice for 007 legends. I think that's an impersonator. All right. Well, so there's that, uh, we got a couple of other fun things that they did. Cause this movie was a marketing bonanza. Like they did a lot of crazy stuff. So one of them is at the 2012 London Olympics, they had, Daniel Craig as James Bond opening the ceremony. And so I'm going to play, go scroll through a couple of clips yeah. right now. So and sh we should probably preface that this movie was released at the 50th anniversary of the franchise. So of course they were going to pull out all the stops. To yeah. They went all out for it and make it a big, and also cause Daniel Craig just James, wait. James Bond. Okay. Daniel Craig. You know what's weird? The announcer says it's like, it's James Bond. And then he goes on to say that it's Daniel Craig as James Bond. It's like, wow, way to ruin the illusion. Why can't you just, for this one thing, just pretend that James Bond is real and he's going to see the queen? Like, <laughs> pretend, like, you just pretended the queen actually jumped out of that thing. Well, yeah, let's go. So, so here's the scene where James Bond meets the queen. The ultimate yes. Bond girl. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I, is Daniel Craig knighted yet? No, but he will be someday. Yeah, and the audio for both of them talking to each other is so, like, muffled and echoey. Like, it felt like they just, like, yeah, they just, like, you know, got them in a room, say the lines quickly, and then we're going to move on. So then Daniel Craig and the Queen, they get in the helicopter, and now they're, they're getting, they're hovering over the, uh, uh, venue and then you see hold on yeah Daniel Craig opens he opens the helicopter and then you see the queen it very clearly like fully in frame you can tell it's unmistakably it is the queen of England at 98 <laughs> years old jumping out of a helicopter and As not, she has it's always not a very clearly obvious body double <laughs> Yeah, I don't even. Did Jacob Craig even do All the way around the stadium. And they got and the parachutes or the 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 British flag. I am sure Daniel Craig did not jump out. I'm sure they landed behind something, and then out walks Daniel Craig and the Queen. They, I don't even think they land. I think Daniel Craig and the Queen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, no. I see those from going away from the stadium. Yeah, and then like they walk into the stadium later. So I'm like guessing like yeah. They'll, but again, that is a that is a cool thing to like, you know like insert this movie character who's like a very famous like character who's survived for decades and bring him into like a very real world like uh, event that the whole world is going to be watching and it's not like there's anybody who's going to be like who's james bond like everybody knows who james bond is I mean, so you could do a big stunt like this like the biggest film related cultural icon in england anyways and paddington is a close second yeah. <laughs> oh god paddington has to jump out of a helicopter at the next olympics yes well and what's also funny here 
is Danny Boyle, I believe, was in charge of kind of coordinating a lot of the Olympics, but he directed that segment especially, and he famously was originally supposed to direct No Time to Die, yeah, and I think then were, left. Yeah, I remember they were trying to get that off the ground for a while, uh, and then he didn't uh, end up getting it. Uh, I don't know how that would have turned out, but then again, I don't know how No Time to Die is going to turn out yet, so it'll probably be all right, but let's... Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so now the next thing we had to uh, look at is there was this uh, this uh, a series of commercials. This one specifically I want to watch uh, and show because this is the Coke uh, Coke Zero uh, did a thing where in the London train stations, they set up a vending machine, a Coke vending machine, and they had a thing where it's like you, you put in your order and and then it would like say something like, oh, you want to get exclusive tickets to Skyfall, and if you accept the mission, then, like, you would have to go and, like, they would say, like, run to this station, and then and then it would, like, be, do this thing. And they have this woman who's playing the violin next to the vending machine, and she's playing the James Bond theme as you accept the, uh, the mission. So, they, as they're doing this thing, they're running through the train station, and they set up these obstacles of, like, a janitor sweeping, and, like, they have, like, you know people with dogs like running in front of you and then you have to get to the ending and then when you get to the end they you have to sing the james bond theme and then you win the tickets or something like that so i don't know if that was do you know if that was like a real thing that they actually set up or was this just a thing that they that like made looks for like something that they set up that looks like something you know i don't think those guys are actors yeah because they it, it, they have a, a bunch of different people who like they show who have who are like attempting this and then it shows like uh i guess and they and they did look real it, it did look like they kind of like had to set up this like gorilla style like you know filming them uh like out in yeah. the open so yeah no i think that was a pretty cool thing i remember i i took like a i took like some sort of a class in like my freshman year of college and i think it was like the idea of like it was it was some sort of like, you know, like performing arts class, but it's like we watched this as like an example of like how to how to, you know, incorporate like performing arts into like, you know, the real world. So I think that was a pretty interesting uh, thing that they set up for that. Yeah. Um, that is not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and again, for because this is like, you know, a big franchise that everybody knows and has like, you know, survived for decades, you can afford to set up these big elaborate stunts in public and people will be on board with it. I feel like even if like they tried to do like even if like they try to do a thing like a Marvel thing right now, I feel like there's probably still like a lot of. I don't know if this would be able to like if you'd be able to even do something as big as this, like or as like the Olympics opening or like the because I know they're like they're huge now, but it's like, are they going to like have like the lasting impact I, to survive? Yeah, I don't think like the Queen's going to show up for Marvel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were because they were still making James Bond movies when she was a little less. Uh, I mean, yeah, when she was she was a, a sexy young thing. Yeah, she was probably like, you know, a, like what she 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 had to have been. I like, mean, what, she a baby like 10, when she wasn't even, figure came out. <laughs> no, no. yeah she wasn't even 10 years into her reign when uh you know dr no premiered so yeah. all right so yeah so we got a couple of other commercials uh, i'll save those for the break but uh let's move into now uh we have the posters for the movie and i would say that this is kind of one of the only uh aspects of the marketing campaign that i feel is a little bit lacking i'm looking at some of these posters 
and they all just kind of look very boring. Uh, again, I'm going to put these up on our Instagram page. They'll be in the stories section. So if you go to our Instagram Cinemarketing Podcast and then in the highlights for the stories, go to the Skyfall section and I'm putting all of the images for all the posters that we're going to talk about here so you could keep up and that so you could see what we're seeing. Um, but also ju- you could just Google these and I'm pretty sure yeah. you can find Well, I'm sure, but I would like to, y- it would be, you know, easier to have like, you know, uh, yes. <laughs> to have like a curated thing so you know what we're looking at. So yeah, so this one, it's like James Bond walking straight to the camera the the gun barrels behind him it's in black and white this looks like it could be for any james bond movie it doesn't look specific to this movie at all yeah it doesn't i understand that it's like a 50th anniversary so like the big thing is just like you want bond to be the focus kind of but i mean i would say for all the daniel craig films the posters have just been very lackluster i mean i think that really started like maybe with die another day but then of course you get to craig's whole run and it's all just these very minimalist posters of just him walking and looking very very serious yeah i've kind of liked some of the no time to die ones though i think there's I some cre- the latter ones where it's like a bunch of people jumbled into yeah one. like they yeah there there are some where and we'll get they that resemble some of the ones that are in here where it's just like kind of like they look like awkward, like caught off guard poses of Daniel Craig in a suit holding a gun. And it's like, yeah. did he even know he was getting his picture taken when he they did this? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the next one right here, this is like kind of like the signature poster for the movie. It's Daniel Craig sliding on the ground, holding a gun. And again, uh, very not specific to the movie. I don't know why this became like the the signature image, like the signature poster. It's the Blu-ray cover. It's especially because like he's like at the very bottom of it. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't even look like he's sliding. It it just looks like he's kind of laying down on the ground. Like it doesn't look like he's like it doesn't look like an action pose or anything like that. It doesn't look as cool as they thought it would. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could have done him at Skyfall. They could have. I was always thinking that they could have done like they should have done more with like the falling imagery, like maybe have him like falling, like have a poster of him like falling out of the sky or something like that. Like that would yeah. be kind of cool. Um, or falling maybe- into the water or even like if they're doing a 50th anniversary, like one of these posters could have been like a painted drawn kind of homage to like the classic Sean Connery and Roger Moore posters. Yeah. Or I was thinking, you know what could have because this movie is very like, you know, central to the relationship between Bond and M and M plays a very signature role in the movie. And this is like M's send off of the franchise. Have M be on one of these fucking posters. Like we're going to get to like these group shot posters later. M is on none of them. (laughs) What I want is a cross between what I said and what you said. I want an old school drawn Bond poster of Judy Dench in a sexy bikini doing Reynolds pose. (laughs) Yeah. Clinging to Daniel Craig's Uh, thigh. Got him. (sighs) gross I'm, I'm gonna throw up thinking about it and then i want javier bardem in a different bikini also clinging okay now i'm back on board all right yeah. so then yeah this next one it's just daniel craig in a suit holding a gun the gun barrel behind him very boring uh this next one i kind of like this one this looks like it was like the imax poster and it's just like a black and white image of daniel craig like standing in front of the aston martin the title isn't even on this poster I like this one. Uh, It's again, it's very minimalist, but like, I think it looks kind of it looks like a thing where it's like if I wanted to buy like a James Bond poster and hang it in my room, just a generic James Bond poster like this would be like a cool one to have. 
Yeah, I think, you know, of the big ones that we've talked about, the one with him in the gun barrel walking forwards is probably yeah. my favorite. Yeah, and then this next one is like a banner, which they then like, you know, would break up and like release as individual character posters. Right. Uh, so we got this. I'm not too crazy about yeah. like when I talk about the no time to die one, I like it where it's like Daniel Craig has his back turned and like there's a car racing at the bottom and like there's a bunch setting. of collages of stuff. Exactly. Happening. Exactly. Where this one is like, yeah, it's just four characters. It's Daniel Craig. The woman who gets killed, like she's barely like treat her like she was the big Bond girl and she doesn't do anything in the movie. Yeah. And then Silva and then Money Penny. Uh, and it's like, okay, for character selection, I guess, but it's like this one really, it's like M, no Ben Wishaw or Ralph Fiennes. I mean, like, I get that they didn't want to oversell Judy Dench and have people thinking oh wow it's weird that like she has this bigger presence than she did in the others and then of course spoiler alert she dies and everyone picks up on that and I guess I do get the you know however you feel about it the point of having Severine on the posters in the idea that oh James Bond sexy women yep. she is the That's the only reason the she's there slinky, mysterious yeah she does give a good performance in the movie but yeah she's not there for long yeah and then the last one that I pulled here now this is the steelbook uh that they released for it and I believe you have this right yes yes this was part of a series of steelbooks Best Buy did uh leading up to Spectre where it was the title sequence of each film uh, as the steelbook cover and then you know the title and the typography but they only did it for films that like featured specter in the plot um which skyfall largely kind of doesn't but at the you know they the specter needed, did yeah they needed to re-release that movie for uh, they needed to get that back out into the public side yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah so uh, I, I I believe that it has all of like the same features and stuff that the regular Blu-ray has. So I don't feel like I'm not. I do like this cover. It, yeah, it's, it's really I mean, I, you know, I own it for the same reason I own most criterions. Like I'm bad about watching features and stuff. I'm really just like, OK, good video quality, good cover. It's a collector's thing. Yeah, I want it. yeah no, I, I'm the same, too. And I've, I've noticed that like by me doing these shows now is giving me a reason to watch the bonus features because like I used to watch bonus features for everything when I was younger, like I wanted to dig into everything. But now now that like bonus features, especially for like mainstream studio release stuff, is just very it feels very lazy. So I feel like, yeah, there's there's not really a reason to go through all of that. And it's not un until if like like again, like, yeah, Criterion, they release a lot of special stuff, but some of it's like, you know, three hours long. And it's like, damn, when am I going to have the time to go through all well, of that? <laughs> and the same thing is like modern movies versus older Bond movies. Like it's cool watching special features for like Octopussy or Diamonds Are Forever or something. And it's like. Oh, yeah. Hearing people who were there in 1970 or 80, whatever, like talking about the making of. Whereas now the things that you would put as bonus features on a home release are things that you also release before the movie's even out for like marketing purposes, usually like there's always these featurettes and stuff that you like feel like are just about the same thing you would get if you bought the blu-ray or whatever Yeah, no. now i feel i feel like yeah now modern movies blu-rays I, again i feel like i go on this rant every time i do uh, an episode here but like yeah modern blu-ray releases the the blu-ray bonus features just feel like yeah they just feel like extended pr for the movie like they don't feel like oh i'm make like i'm watching like an interesting like documentary about how this was made yeah uh, but yeah so uh we they 
Yep, yep. Yeah, there was one um, documentary made about the James Bond franchise at this time called Everything or Nothing, which oh, yeah. I remember watching once, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I think they got most of the talking heads you would want or expect. Some of it might have been archival. Some of it might have been new stuff. But, um, you know, I think that was probably the closest thing to something interesting that came by way of like, oh, this movie's coming out. Let's release something else talking about, you know, what we want to talk about. Yeah, no, I, I was I was actually trying to find a way to watch that documentary uh, before doing this episode, and I didn't find it streaming anywhere and I couldn't really find it. But it, it did seem like a thing, especially for me, who like I feel like I do need a history lesson on like the older James Bond movies. I feel like it probably would have been useful for me. Uh, yeah, 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 it's 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 an interesting watch. I would definitely, definitely recommend it. Yeah. All right. So. We're going to go to a little bit of a break right now. But before we do that, I'm going to we're going to play the second, like the main official trailer for Skyfall. And then we're going to and it's going to be followed up with a couple of the other commercials that we uh, didn't end up talking about. So there's one for Heineken where they set up like a big thing. We'll 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 come we'll, back and talk we'll about it later. All right. So we're going to take a little bit break. I'm going to play these now and then uh, we'll see you in a bit. It's gone. You both know what's at stake here. There isn't much road left. Take the bloody shot. What do you say about a man like that? Three months ago, you lost the drive containing the identity of every agent embedded in terrorist organizations across the globe. 007, reporting for duty. Where the hell have you been? Enjoying death. I only have one question. Why not stay dead? There's no shame in saying you've lost a step. the new mi6 i'm your quartermaster you must be joking also ppks nine millimeter short it's been coded to your palm print so only you can fire it less of a random killing machine more of a personal statement q 007 i want to meet your employer how much do you know about fear all there is not like this not like him just look at you, chasing spies. England, MI6. She sent you after me, knowing you're not ready, knowing you would likely die. Mommy was very bad. The two survivors, this is what she made us. Everybody needs a hobby. So what's yours? Resurrection. <laughs>
So they did actually get Daniel Craig to be in this commercial, but he's but he's not the like protagonist of the of the uh, of this commercial though. He's not. But they even got a few other actors back from Bond films. Yeah. So so you would recognize some of these other people in here. So who are some of these other characters? I mean, really, the only references I remember this was my favorite piece of marketing for the whole movie. I like this song. I it got me into Jen Wigmore. I, you know, liked that Daniel Craig was a part of it. I like the way it was shot. It feels very fun. I always thought I remembered like Jaws being in one part or something and like chipping off a Heineken bottle top with his teeth or something, but yeah, just some, that's, like someone odd job. There's Doctor No. That's you know that's like I remember the big thing was like oh that's extra cool even though like you know it's not really Joseph Weissman. No, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this is a very fun, lively commercial. Again, only and then the Denise type of Merlot. Yeah, again, only oh yeah, she and then Daniel Craig shows up uh, at the end again. But yeah, no, again, this is uh, the type of thing where it's like you would need like a two hundred million dollar movie marketing budget in order yeah. to be able to do something like this. Parachute, yeah. I I do just also looking at that train. I was just like, God, I hope we get more sets like that in future Bond movies. Uh, like for a commercial, I'm yeah. like, give me fun, wacky. Yeah, let's get some hideouts. Let's get some uh, some secret yeah, layers. Yeah. Some, uh, or at least some variety in our secret layers. I feel like everyone's on an island or in the desert, and it's like, you know, we can, uh, didn't, we can change it up. Didn't Christoph Waltz have, like, some snow mountain top thing? No, his thing, it's, like, in, a, in like, a meteorite crater. It's just, like, some little ranch he's built in, like, a meteorite crater in the desert. And I was like, this is no different than what, like, fucking uh matthew almeric was living in in quantum at the end of quantum of solace his little desert hotel um all right so yeah so james bond uh skyfall comes out on november 9th of 2012 uh and we said where we were we saw it and i don't think we need to go too far into our opinions on this movie we talked about that extensively on our our old uh, on our episode of random movie roulette where we talked about skyfall so you could hear more of our in-depth opinions on that but yes this movie is great it's uh it's one of the only ones out of this series where it's like i don't feel like it's a chore watching it like even the other ones that i like from like the old era it does feel like i'm doing jack's homework where it's like all right i gotta watch this movie and usually they're fine like i liked goldfinger and you know for what it is and i like goldeneye but like uh it feels like this is the one where it's like all right this is when they took bond from being like kind of a a, a cheesy schlocky like you know action spy series and now it kind of almost becoming like prestige like oscar drama and i feel like that was great for this one but, movie i feel like they really do are kind of overdoing it at this point though yeah i think the one thing also about this was there was still more cheese and schlock to it than there had been in you know casino royale or quantum of solace you know I don't think anyone necessarily wants to go to die another day levels ever again. Yeah. And I think that but, um, especially for this time when this movie came out, this is the thing that they kind of needed to do this because again, after quantum solace and a lot of the latter Pierce Brosnan movies where it was like, these were just kind of like schlocky 
action movies that were like kind of slapped together. It really needed one that was like, all right, this is like an artistic statement, especially for the 50th year anniversary for it to come out. I mean, yeah, I think that's especially important for this movie. Um, I don't know if I would say they're all slapped together. I would say Quantum of Solace is slapped Quantum together. Quantum of Solace, yes. As, uh, that's but the one that, that I'm mainly a writer's strike that was due to many, many things. But um, no, I mean, this is, you know, I would say like this and Goldfinger and Casino Royale, but I think this and Goldfinger particularly are like the, and mine, like the critics picks of like James Bond of like here are like the two distillments of the franchise that you should watch and you will love. And it epitomizes why anyone would love this series about this suave wisecracking murderer who fights supervillains and sleeps with anything with thumbs yeah no especially this is the one where like because even even lewis who like he has like an allergic reaction to these movies but when we watched skyfall and he was like yeah this is just a good movie like it's that obvious that this is a good movie that even people who don't like the series acknowledge that it's a good movie Yeah, I think Lewis, who is more determined to hate Bond than anyone, has at least like Goldfinger and Skyfall, especially. And so that's, you know. All right. So the critical reaction for this movie when it had come out, uh, it received a 92 percent certified fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes with 381 reviews total. 349 of which were fresh and only 32 rotten critics consensus reads sam mendes brings bond surging back with a smart sexy riveting action thriller that qualifies as one of the best 007 films to date yeah feels like a very kind of you know no duh obvious log line for this movie like and i feel like if going to try to pick individual critic reviews uh a lot of them kind of just read like that where it's like uh, sam mendes is makes a smart sexy it's smart and sexy are always like the two things that like right each other in these bond descriptions <laughs> uh so on metacritic this movie got uh an 81 total score and it a designated as a must see so i think it's metacritic's uh version of a certified like a fresh. fresh yeah so 49 reviews total, 42 of which were positive and seven mixed. So not even any negative, just like the lowest you could be on this movie was mixed. Yeah. Uh, so for the best review, there were a lot of 100 out of 100s that all kind of just read like the Rotten Tomatoes consensus. Or it's like, oh, it's a smart and sexy action thriller. Yeah. Um, this one I, I decided to pick because it's a little bit more uh, varied than that. And also just the guy's name. I, just, I, I would be remiss if I didn't read this. Uh, so. <laughs> So the best review reads, despite the very real threat and the personal stakes and the grim weight given to things, director Sam Mendes manages to pay sophisticated, sincere homage to the conventions that define the Bond series while remembering that one of the things that makes the series such an enduring presence is fun written. And that was written by 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 Drew McWeeny of Hit Fix. That that kid must have gotten really bullied in in (laughs) school. I feel sorry for that. What a lovely Uh, review you wrote, Mr. McWeeny, yeah, Drew McWeeny, yeah, that's a horrible, that's a horrible name to do the Bond James Bond <laughs> thing with. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so I feel like that one where it's like it, it, it does kind of get into like the, the like I guess like the cliches of like oh it's a it pays homage to the to the series beforehand, but it's like oh but it's still fun, and I'm like I feel like that's kind of just like the main takeaway for that like a lot of the critics had for this, which is like you know and obviously like you know yes that's it, um, 
but that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies where it's a, it's it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it takes itself seriously enough that like it feels important, but it's still like an entertaining movie. Like it doesn't feel too overly like you know self-serious which i feel like specter kind of fell into yeah there's a great <laughs> a great letterboxd review which i you know maybe doesn't reflect all my feelings but it just says like i'm so glad that J- the last james bond movie ended up being skyfall yeah i i feel like that's the thing is that like because this movie does have like a, a like an importance and like a, a an epic climactic feeling to it where it does feel like if this was gonna be the last movie like it would be this i do have like a little lineup of bond movies in my head that i actually put down on letterboxd where it's like if you were just like to distill like half the franchise like 12 movies into one perfect linear run like these would be the 12 movies and like even there even though this is in a rebo- rebooted continuity Skyfall is like the final movie to watch because it works just so well for people who like everything before Daniel Craig and for people who like everything since Daniel Craig started. Mm-hmm. And the lowest review that we have, not even like that terribly low of a score, uh, 50 out of 100. Uh, and I'll, I'll highlight this one just because, you know, who doesn't love just, you know, ripping the, the New York Post? Uh, so this <laughs> one is from Kyle Andrew Smith of the Kyle. New York Post. Uh, in the utterly routine effort Skyfall, we're actually expected to cheer each chord we've heard so many times. Here's a martini shaker. Look, it's a Walter PPK. And there's an Aston Martini. An, an Aston Martin, sorry. We've been turned into such wretched Pavlovian dogs salivating at the bell instead of the snack. The highlight by far is a classic animated credit sequence. Adele, you are the new Shirley Bassey. Um, so this is the one where it's like, if you're complaining about like all of like, you know, the intertextual like references complain about all the references and then you praise the music video at the opening which is always my favorite thing to watch lewis watch when i force him to see a bond movie he's like like he's still not a music video he still hasn't got the concept like he still doesn't get the idea doesn't understand yeah why it's there but yeah no i feel like this is kind of like a completely like uh, again, it, this isn't like the most scathing review in the world, but I do feel like yeah. the the point out like, oh, it's just like, you know, referencing stuff that we liked from the past and we were expected to cheer at it. It's like, man, this guy clearly didn't know what movies were going to become after 2012 if, if he's complaining about this movie, because those instances, those are the only. And it, again, it's they're there like the martini shaker. It's like someone is shaking a martini, but it's not like we're set we're, we're expected to sit there it's not like an applause moment it's just like it's there and then the, the aston martin is a reveal but it's cool like it's a cool reveal when it happens and it doesn't even feel like oh you need to be a james Bond fan to understand why this is cool like it's just like you got a cool car and they're going on uh, on their getaway yeah and he's got the little ejector seat and everything and also the uh the ppk like the the, the gun that's coded to his palm yeah. prints that doesn't even feel like like i didn't even know that that was a thing that happened that in, old, in like other movies signature gun yeah it just felt like a thing that he had for this movie like i honestly thought i was like oh wow they're really scaling back the uh the the, the wackiness of these gadgets like this feels like and i'm like oh no this is i guess a thing that you know he's used in the past in some other movies but like it does feel well, like he's something- never used like one that was like coded to his palm print it's it's just like he always used just, a Walter PPK. Just that uh, that gun. But yeah, again, I, I, I don't know that much of the series, but like 
them specifically calling out that that's the gun and doing it. It's like that didn't feel like something that like was pandering. It just kind of felt oh, like right. a natural like, oh, here's here's your gadget. Like and of course, like, you know, as like, you know, the gadget man is going to do, he's going to like, you know, describe it in like, you know, a lot of detail, uh, like the name and brand and whatnot. Uh, but speaking of names and brands of stuff, I, I can't believe we missed uh, the part where uh, Naomi Harris in the first 10 minutes of the movie uh, name drops both Audi and VW Beatles during the opening it's car chase. Like they're like overtly promoting these. It's like, what car just got destroyed? I just had a VW Beetle thrown at me. Oh, that bad guy's getting away in the black Audi. Follow yeah. him. You it's know, not like like I get wow, the Audi one. Where Audi's it's... really move for spy work, money yeah. penny. <laughs> Yeah, nah, yeah, but uh, and then also, of course, we we watched the Heineken, uh, the commercial before. Yes, but like the the Heineken placement uh, in this movie, where it's like <laughs> James Bond is like he's laying in bed with this woman, and like the entire shot is like muted blue, and then there's just like this green flash of light in the middle of the frame is the <laughs> Heineken bottle. <laughs> Heineken. Uh, it's just like this guy, the most sophisticated man in the world. Drinking the most low grade dirt tasting beer in the world. I don't know if it's dirt tasting. It's basically the equivalent of water. It's hard. It's, yeah, I, it's, it's I, like, yeah, I thought I hated beer because the only beer I had ever had was Heineken. <laughs> see yeah but it's like this dude would at least ask for a craft or what's local or he'd drink like a red stripe or something he yeah. would not be drinking Heineken. yeah all right so yeah so this movie uh opening weekend uh u.s domestic made 88.3 million dollars on its opening weekend uh against a budget of 200 million dollars i'm guessing you know not accounting for all the other extraneous uh expenses but uh, i'm sure that they made their money over uh oh, yeah. over. uh total domestic gross for the north america u.s release was 304 million dollars it was the fourth highest grossing movie of 2012 in uh in in the united states uh the 86th highest grossing movie of all time still to this day and its total worldwide gross was 1.1 billion dollars it's the only james bond movie that's crossed the billion dollar range and it's still the 28th highest grossing movie of all time worldwide at the time that it came out it was like in the top 10 of the highest grossing movies of all time but you know couple dozen marvel yeah, movies well, later yeah and, an avengers end game or two later yeah no yeah but this is uh it, it, this one i find fascinating almost like I understand that this is clearly the best movie in the series, but it's always I'm like, it's weird that like, how is it after all this time? Like, this is the first one that's crossed that threshold. Well, I mean, remember, movies were a lot cheaper in 1960, whatever. Like when you adjust for inflation, I do believe Thunderball is still the highest grossing, but I'm not entirely sure. And that was the one that came after Goldfinger. Because yeah. Goldfinger kind of really, you know, was the spark that, lit the hype and whatever yeah because i feel like um, at this point this you know it, it, i feel like it does kind of at least a little make a little bit of sense there was you know uh movies uh there's a lot of movies in the billion dollar range this year there's uh the avengers dark knight rises so it does feel like we're we're in the time where it's like a movie making a billion dollars was a big big movie year. big year for blockbusters yeah. uh yeah start of the avengers where it's like that was the first was that the first movie to cross two billion dollars i think it was i think so. so yeah so i think that like yeah movie going was booming in 2012 so i feel like this movie and of course because this movie was so good and because it's such like a, this worldwide phenomenon like not even just in the united states like it 
clearly like showing this like it made more money overseas than it did uh in in like uh the united states but yeah you know a lot of these billion dollar grocers do because you know you need the rest of the world in order to make up that uh total gross but i don't know how much of china would have gone to see it but that i assume some amount of like, but not compared to like marvel movies and yeah stuff. and also i'm pretty sure that they made their budget back from Britain alone. Yeah. <laughs> the, UK yeah. Is, the UK is single-handedly funding these movies. <laughs> anyway, so... Hey, then I am helping, and I yes. should be given access to the national health care. Yeah, I think you should system. be a, you should be a part of uh of the of NATO just for I should really be given movies. dual citizenship at this yeah. point. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the uh, awards buzz for this movie. Again, this is a movie that uh, the James Bond movies, even for their songs, not really big Oscar winners or nominees for a lot of it. But this movie was nominated for five Oscars in total, and it won two of them. The first one that it won was for Adele's original song for Skyfall. And I want to play this clip of Adele winning the Oscar because I think that uh, it's a really sweet uh, speech that she has. Yeah. And the Oscar goes to. Here it is Skyfall. And also, I would say this is probably still my favorite song in the series. Would you say it, it is one of the best? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was very deserving of this award, and it started a trend where then Sam Mendes won the Oscar for Writings on the Wall, and I am almost you mean Sam Smith. Billie yeah, Billie Eilish will so certainly much. win thank for you. No this Time to Die, I think. Um, oh, I'd just like to thank Barbara Broccoli and Michael Wilson at E.ON Productions, Sony Pictures, MGM, Paul Etworth for, um, oh God. <laughs> Maybe believing in me all the time and my man i love you baby <laughs> yeah i just like that because like you know we can be cynical about like the oscars and how like oh who cares who wins but like i don't know i get i get some genuine satisfaction as seeing people who are like so happy that they won that they like start crying like i yeah. think that that's kind of like it, it reminds us of like these do mean something to somebody and uh and it's 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 usually nice to see especially when someone deserves it and yeah now let's get to the next Oscar that this movie won. And this is significant for two reasons. Uh, the, the, this, the, the award is sound editing and you're like, well, what could be so special about it winning sound editing? Like, yeah, it sounds good and it deserves to win the Oscar. But there's two specific things about it winning this award. One, it's introduced by Mark Wahlberg and Ted. The CGI bear character Ted, voiced by Seth MacFarlane, and Seth MacFarlane hosted the Oscars this year. Uh, so let's watch the clip of them introducing <laughs> the winners. The sound editing are Argo, Eric Adal, and Ethan Vanderlyn. Argo won that Wiley year. <laughs> Life of Pi, Eugene Getty, and Philip Stockton. Skyfall. Pam Halberg and Karen Baker Landis. Zero Dak 30. Paul and Jay Madison. And the Oscar goes to. We have a tie. Okay. No BS, we have a tie. Uh, the first Oscar goes to Zero Dark 30. Yep. So. First reason why it's significant is that, yeah, it was a tie that and this doesn't really happen that often where uh, movies tie at the Oscars. Yeah. So and yeah, so that 
And the second Oscar goes to Skyfall. Yeah, so I figure that like those are interesting Oscar wins, not just because of like what they won for, but like, you know, I guess the uh, the 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 circumstance behind it and just hearing Seth MacFarlane as Ted say Skyfall. I don't know. I guess that's kind of funny. <laughs> well, and funny enough, I will also throw out that Ted features a scene where Mark Wahlberg badly sings All Time High with with Nora Jones, which is the theme to octopusy uh, yeah, i remember that i yeah, yeah, forgot that was a, a plot point of that movie uh yeah i know and this is the year seth MacFarlane hosts the oscar nobody had a better year in 2012 than seth MacFarlane. <laughs> and he saw all those boobs yeah oh boy all of the all the wacky stuff that he did uh <laughs> yeah, to think that do you, do you imagine that like they would ever even ask seth MacFarlane to host anything nowadays it's like, I, I really don't think so yeah the other nom- movies the other uh, awards that it was nominated for were best cinematography original score and sound mixing and i feel like if if this movie cut had come out like in the era where we are now, where Roger Deakins, it took him like 30 Is years. God level yeah, that it took him like 30 years to win one Oscar. And now he just wins every time he's up. And it's like, I feel like he definitely would have won for this if it had come out like a couple he of years later. He probably would have, but what was his first, what was his first win for Blade Runner? Yeah, it was Blade Runner. And then the next one was 1917. I mean, Blade Runner. is also a Sam Mendes movie. Also so. a Sam Mendes movie. I don't know if, well, maybe I would agree with that one, but you know, Blade Runner is obviously however visually distinct you want to say this movie is blade runner is miles ahead Yeah, of blade runner that. was the point where we realized like all right if you're not going to give him the oscar for this like what are you doing like <laughs> starring bond girl Ana de armis yeah hoping that she has like a somewhat of a significant role in the movie and she's not just, <laughs> heard she's she not just not. yeah yeah she's just going to be severin part two uh anyway maybe so- she lives yeah. You know, she, we've seen her fight. That's more than Severine did. Yeah. All right. So then uh, some other uh, awards. The BAFTA. Now, man, you want to talk about British royalty. The BAFTAs went all over this movie. It won for best British film, which, again, <laughs> a very British film. Yep, yeah, And it is the best film that has I, British people in it of that I year. Think my favorite thing about the James Bond franchise, though, is that for being so quintessentially British, its producers are American. Well, yeah, and it's a big like American, like American company, American yeah. movie studio staple and stuff like that. Uh, but it was also they had the balls to nominate Javier Bardem for supporting actor, Judy Dench for supporting actress, along with cinematography, editing, production design, sound. I, I really do feel like Javier and Judy Dench should have been uh, nominated at the Oscars for this, because I think that like you, you could say however you want about Javier Bardem kind of. He's kind of like a, a a goofy cartoon villain, but like he he does play what it like a so great goofy cartoon Joker knockoff. No, villain. yeah, no, he's great. I think and and I think Judy Dench gives like you know a very genuine emotional performance. Judy Dench does give one. I would say she deserves an Oscar for this far more than whatever she did for two minutes in Shakespeare in Love when she originally won. Yeah, and uh, uh, she should have won for Old Deuteronomy. <laughs> 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 anyway, so now next SAG. Uh, this movie won Best Stunt Ensemble, and I feel like every award show should have this category. There should be a stunts category at the Oscars. I know that people have been going on about it for years, but like SAG has it, and they acknowledge movies that deserve it. Why can't 
we just make a category for it at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Also nominated supporting actor Javier Bardem. Uh, Golden Globes won original song for uh, Adele. The Grammys, the Skyfall won best song for visual media. Uh, and then good old MTV Movie Awards. Got to see what they are doing with this one. Uh, so Javier Bardem won best Latino actor, which feels like, all right, I don't know why you needed to make the distinction. Uh, nominated for best villain. Uh, best shirtless performance for Daniel Craig. Uh, is he even that shirtless in this movie? Like, um, he is. When is he shirtless? At the beginning when, on the island. At the beginning on the island, and when he has shower sex with Severin. Yes, and then that's it. Yeah. Best fight uh, for the train, and then best WTF moment, which is the moment where Javier Bardem uh, takes his teeth out and realizes that he like had a botched <laughs> uh, suicide attempt. Um. So yeah. Again. All the weird categories that the uh, that the MTV Movie Awards just like to throw out there every now and then. It would God. be so great if Javier Bardem's teeth won an MTV. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're getting to the home media release. So, yeah, there was a 50th year anniversary box set released. Oh, um, yeah. Do you own this? I do not own this because I owned all of the DVDs that I think they must have released around the time when Casino Royale came out. And they really never ended up updating, like, the menus or anything. Like, I've seen that, like, with my uh, Skyfall and You Only Live Twice and From Russia with Love Blu-rays. Like, nothing really changed about the releases except maybe the designs of the cover. I know people who got this box set, um, and, you know, they were all very happy with it. I think this was also when Bond first came to Blu-ray. And so that's why, like, buying this box set was, like, the big thing. Yeah, so then uh, the original release date for this uh, movie's Blu-ray was February 12th on 2013. Uh, the Best Buy Steelbook, as you mentioned, was released uh, in 2015 to coincide with the release of Spectre. And then there was a 4K Blu-ray that was released uh, last uh, year of February 25th of 2020 to coincide with the original release for no time to die that did not happen yeah well um, the blu-ray came out yeah so. blu-ray came out i don't have the 4k uh for it but i feel like it would look amazing uh, oh yeah and then I mean, this is absolutely hands down the best looking bond film uh yeah like after this you... like, they definitely tried to replicate it with specter and certainly with no time to die from the looks of things but yeah. But yeah, it's almost not even a competition. Uh, so there I'm going to go through what the features were on like just the standard Blu-ray. And I feel like a lot of these features transferred over to the 4K as well. So the trailers, uh, let's go through the trailers that were on this Blu-ray. Uh, and as I mentioned, 20th Century Fox uh, handled the distribution handled this rights. Really? Yes, yeah, for so. This, so the first Blu-ray up uh, or the first movie trailer up is a good day to die hard. Another former random movie roulette episode that we had done. And what a wolf. Absolutely. Like my feeling of watching a good day to die hard is like my fear of what a bond movie could be. Like that is my nightmare scenario for like what a bond movie could look like, like 90 minutes of the most unremarkable shit. Yeah, the, yeah, this this and this is also the original trailer for Good Day to Die Hard, where it, it has like Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. It has like the sexy motorcycle girl who's not in the movie. It has all this other stuff that like, you know, they cut out of the movie uh, by the time that I come out. Uh, and then there was a trailer for 3D Blu-ray and all of these are 
20th Century Fox products, uh, Avatar, Prometheus, Titanic, iRobot, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, all to show off the glorious technology of 3D Blu-ray, uh, which certainly has lived on and has surpassed 4K as the prominent uh, home media streaming uh, device. And then the other trailer was the Red Dawn remake from 2012 that was on there. Uh, yep. and and the trailer for the bond uh 50th year anniversary box set was also on uh this blu-ray um but aside from that the features that are on this again they're nothing special there's like uh there's like a series of features under uh this uh title called shooting bond and the whole thing is about an hour broken up into segments each one of these is maybe like five minutes where they like go into like, you know, all the different things about uh, the movie. So it's basically like the featurettes that they released to promote the movie. Yeah. Then. So it's like, they have one for like, there's the opening sequence, like how they, the, the music, the, their return of 007, which is like, I guess the scene where Bond shows back up at M's uh, apartment. Uh, they have one for Q and some of these, actually do have like they show like you know clips from like the old movies to like you know give context to what's happening in this new one and i feel like the best thing that could have been on here is like yeah maybe make a documentary about like I, again i think you've said that they made everything or nothing where it's like a documentary about the old bond movies but i feel like that would have been a good feature to add onto this um it would have yeah but yeah they added all the stuff like there's the villains the action sequences the music the title sequence the ending all that stuff about like you know e individual features about uh this movie uh and then there was the uh video of uh there's also a, a feature where there's a video of like the the skyfall premiere uh which uh, i believe you watched as well it's just like yeah you know standard you know we're at the premiere they have the aston martin like you know at a little like show yeah. display thing at the center the royal family comes everyone walks the red carpet it's all very exciting yeah there's two commentaries on the blu-ray one by sam mendez and then one by like uh some of the other like producers i didn't get a chance to listen to either of them before this but um they're there uh and uh this movie is currently streaming to watch on hulu uh, and it, i think it's the only daniel craig movie that is on a streaming service at this point all of them like they they rotate every now and then yes uh, so i guess at this point this is the only one that's available for streaming right now. I guarantee in like a month or so, the other ones will be up somewhere. But that's uh, where we're at right now with the those for streaming. And uh, we're coming to the end of it. So now uh, I'm going to ask, yeah. we're going to give our individual ratings for the movie from one to ten and then for the marketing. So, Jack, I'm going to ask you, I don't even think I need to really ask what your rating <laughs> for this movie is. But what is your rating for the movie from one to ten? Oh, it is a double O ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's the most obvious fucking thing. I think it's the I, first time yeah. you know it's the first you might be I think this is the first time that anyone has given any movie a ten on this show. So it's a historic moment. Uh well, find the biggest show for yeah. a franchise and you will get yeah so for me i'm gonna give this movie actually i'm gonna say this is a nine out of ten movie i think yeah. it's really a great film i said I, the only issues that i have with it and i think we talked about this when we did our, our roulette uh, episode on it and we didn't really want to you know rehash a lot yeah. of the things we said there but uh, i do think that severin is just a very 
underwritten character and the way that they just kind of dispose of her really does make her feel like kind of just the disposable bond girl trope and i feel like we, we kind of move past this at this point um and then Have we though yeah 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 you know i feel like yeah Anna to armis don't let me down uh <laughs> but yeah so and then the only other thing i can say is that like you know i, the, I will also say at least she got better than monica bellucci inspector oh uh, i didn't even remember she was in the movie yeah exactly yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so I would say that, yeah, it's great. Well shot. The action's spectacular. Uh, every action scene like builds on each other, like everything. F- it, it feels like it builds up to like this grand finale and it and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't feel too long or bloated. Uh, I will say that there there might be a little bit of bloat in like the. I guess like the first to second act where it's like Bond has come back and he's like, you know, getting back into the game. It feels like yeah. there's some stuff where it's like we're looking for like who's this villain and stuff. It's like they they don't reveal Javier Bardem until like at least like an hour and 10 minutes the into the movie. Mark, yeah. yeah. Some of the like, you know, the lead up to that can get a little bit long winded, but like still those settings are are gorgeous. The Shanghai building, the uh, the casino that they go into and all of that looks great. And there's some great action sequences that go along with it. Great. But like on repeat watches, you're 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 like, all right, let's let's move on a little bit. Like some of these scenes feel like they you're like, wow, I didn't remember it being this long uh, last time. But no, yeah, it's a great movie. And it's certainly my favorite movie in the series. Uh, And then for the marketing. So now what would you give the marketing for this movie? Because I I would give the marketing like a seven out of ten. Yeah, I feel like that's fair because I think we went over all of the things I really like. A lot of like the grand like event stuff that they do, yeah. like the the Olympics opening. I liked that uh, that Coca Cola thing where they're running through the the subway station. Yeah. I think that was I'm a, a big cool fan thing. Fan of the Heineken thing, like anything that almost feels like a mini Bond movie. Yeah, or, like, shows and, a lot of love for the franchise is like absolutely my favorite part. But the posters and the trailers, I don't think ever had much of an impact on me, which was maybe good because then I went into this movie really not knowing what to expect. And then it, you know, just washed over me and I was so enamored with it. Yeah, I will say that the the teasers and the trailers, it's like, you know, there's nothing misleading about any of them. You get exactly what you yeah. uh, are see there. And, and in some ways, the, the trailers kind of undersell how great the movie is because like you're wondering like, all right, I wonder how this is going to turn out. Uh, is it going to be too self-serious? Is it going to be too like dour? But like, no, the movie delivers uh, and it's great. Um, but yeah, like we said, the posters are kind of boring and uh, and the video game is bad. Uh, but I do like a lot of the other festivities that they uh, doled out for like the 50th year anniversary uh, thing and treating it like it's a special thing. And at the end of the credits or like, when the credits start after the gun barrel, there is like a 50 year anniversary logo at the end yeah. of the movie. And then at the end, it says James Bond will return, which is like, that feels like kind of a Marvel thing. Like, did we think that he they, wasn't going to Marvel took that from them? Um, and it's just something that they've done. Sent- that is another thing. That's a tradition. OK, so that's they've done the James Bond will return. Doctor no, they always say James Bond will return. Usually they would say the title of the next movie, too. Um until they ran out of Fleming books and didn't really have much of a plan, but it would always say like, like at the end of Goldfinger, uh, I remember watching it with Lewis and it said the end of Goldfinger, but James Bond will return in Thunderball. And Lewis was like, I never even knew there was a Thunderball. And it's like, there is. Yeah. And so then uh, I was going to say, because I was going to say, 
I wonder if at the end of No Time to Die, if they're going to do a thing where it's like James Bond will return, but Daniel Craig won't. <laughs> like something super uh, ominous. They like- did um, the if they've said something in a review, can I say it? Um, tell me laughter. I don't think okay. we need to put it on uh, here. I'll probably edit that out uh, anyway. So, yeah, so that's uh, that's our episode on Skyfall. That was our uh, lead up to the release of No Time to Die, a little festivity, our, our own little, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance, like celebrating the release of a Bond movie, much like uh, uh, MGM and everyone who for this movie did. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to leave up some plugs, some sign offs. Jack, where can the people find you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm Jack on 35mm on Instagram and Jack Patterson on Letterboxd. And where and uh, can they find you on a podcast on the internet somewhere? Yeah, too? I suppose they can also find us on another uh, Monster Kid podcast called a Random Movie Roulette. Just a, just a little thing that I do with a few a few other losers, you know? Yep, uh, me and uh, the person whose house I'm in, and I'm very <laughs> grateful for him that he allowed me, that he trusted me to use his tech equipment to record this with. Uh, but yeah, so you can find me at RMR Cyborg Mike on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, if you want to find the social medias for the podcast, go to Cinemarketing Podcast on Instagram. That's where we post all of the uh, posters and images and stuff that we're talking about on the show. We post those on our stories. And I also post on our Instagram stories on that, uh, on the Instagram, I post like nostalgic commercials or like, you know, memorabilia for the movie as like little hints as to what's going to come up on the show. Uh, and then on Twitter, you can find us at Cinemarket Pod. Uh, we're also on there. I'll, I'll retweet uh, some things that are related to the movie or like tweet some fun facts about the movie or stuff. Uh, but that's where you can keep updated for us. And for our next movie, uh, Anthony will be returning for our next episode and uh, we'll be joined by another friend of ours who is uh, an expert on the uh, on the uh, the material that we'll be talking about. Uh, this is we're going to leave you with the trailer for what movie we'll be talking about next. So uh, we'll leave you with that. So see you next time. Goodbye. The double quarter pounder with cheese meal. I think I'm gonna have to go supersize. It's hard for me to watch him go through this. It seems like you're starting to get addicted to it now. You saw these numbers, right? These numbers are outrageous. Unfortunately, you cause some major harm to your heart, your liver, your blood. You're gonna die. You'll die. I want more, 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 more. You gotta stop. 